Greetings. I'm convinced within my spirit that this finds you well. Welcome to another episode. This is episode 8 uh, of this podcast under the main theme of life and godliness. Uh, episode 7, we were talking about uh, be big in the inside and we saw the value of us having Christ in our heart. Uh, that meant to be big from the inside so that we may be able to live a life uh, that is not crashing, life that will be able to withstand all the pressures uh, that we face in this world. I welcome you. I am requesting for your ears uh, in this uh, episode 7. Sorry, episode 8. And I know uh, God will help us uh, that we may exhort one another even as we see uh, the day approaching. It's all about our life and and how we live our life with uttermost godliness. Uh, there is something that God has deposited in my heart that I wanted to share here. And uh, as the main theme goes, life and godliness, uh, the question is, how do we live uh, to please our God? Uh, because pleasing God is not just living any life. We are supposed to live life that uh, is sweet aroma to Him, and not unless we miss out on Him. So today we just want to uh, share something, and I believe it will, uh, it will, uh, it will be of great help in our life even as we strive to live uh, with uttermost godliness. Uh, these are the words of what we are going to share today. Uh, the reality is its quality. The reality is its quality. I know that phrase uh, may not bring a lot of meaning uh, the way it is, uh, but as we delve and we and as we will we'll be delving into it and unpacking it at the end of it I know you'll be able to to grasp and even uh, have some reflections and introspection I just want to I just want to take this time to provoke you into it and just to uh, you to uh, have a meditation upon this and uh, just let's uh, let's hit it running uh, by just uh, demystifying what the topic means uh, the words are common uh, they are not strange they are not technical but they are common words when you're talking about reality and quality uh, uh, when you're talking about uh, like I will not even delabor much to try to, to, to define terms but what the main thing here is uh, when we are talking about our life and we want to please God how real are we how real are we because the real uh, if we have a term in English called realness the realness we have it's the beauty of our worship to God I've mentioned the word worship and uh, I don't know what you understand by the word worship and I don't know how we've been posing or doing things in the name of worship and, uh, just to begin with that term and so uh, we'll say, how real are we uh, in this worship so that we please him who created us because he created us to worship him. And uh, the word worship, uh, uh, the word worship was first mentioned 
in Genesis 22. In Genesis 22 verse 5 and uh, uh, just when something is mentioned for the first time uh, logic has it that uh, getting the context where it has been mentioned will really help you understand what it means. And so let's just go and try to find out where uh, uh, the context of where the word worship was first mentioned as I've said it's uh, it's in Genesis chapter uh, 22 uh, I'm interested the point is at verse 5 but let me just uh, read uh, all the way this is the time where uh, Abraham is tested and so I read from verse 1 to verse 5 but the emphasis is on verse 5 Let's read. I'm reusing an IV version. The Bible says, "Sometimes later God tested Abraham. He said to him, 'Abraham, here I am.' He replied. Then God said, 'Take your son, uh, your son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on uh, on one of the mountains. I will tell you about.'" Verse three. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled. his donkey he took with him two of his servant and his uh, son Isaac when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering he set out for the place God had told him about verse 4 on the third day Abraham looked up and saw uh, the place in the distance verse 5 where we want to emphasize he says he said to his servants stay here with the donkey while while I and the boy go over there we will worship then we will come back to you we will worship and then we will come back to you so that is the place where the word worship has been used fast in the bible and so like from the context here it's abram being tested to give out his only his only and the one he loves that is isaac and uh that's quite something it's not easy to do that it's not something that you can just see like uh, you can give in so easily so what does it mean and uh, uh this portion here has a lot of insight to draw uh, even as we speak into this topic today the reality its quality for us to please god we are supposed to be very real without hiding anything and so here the point here is when you're talking about worship to god uh when you're talking about uh, veneration to god it's all about sacrifice it's all about obedience so you know very well god doesn't look the way men look women look at the outward the height and the stature but god looks at the heart uh, that is for samuel uh for samuel uh, chapter 16 verse 7 that this is when uh, uh prophet samuel had gone to the house of jesse to anoint the next king and that is what god told him when he was uh, when he uh, samuel had called the sons of jesse to pass before him and God emphasized that he looks at the heart not not the outward stature what that, that what that uh, what does that mean it means God tests the motive of our heart how real are we in what we are doing 
The same thing has been mentioned in Proverbs chapter 16 verse 2. He tests our motive. So it means how real we are brings the quality of worship. I have also that you can you can internalize that because I believe that is so important for us to process and have it refined in us. So uh, reality, it's quality. So for us to live a life that pleases God, the quality of our life depends on how real we are. And uh, we've uh, for them that uh, sings. For them that sings in church, for them that call themselves worship leaders or rather worship team members, this is very—it's very easy to use the word worship when we are referring to the group or to the person. But the question is, do we live up to it? You find people easily calling themselves worship leaders, but the question is, are we earning it or are we just mentioning it for the sake of? That is something that we really need to to introspect and not just call ourselves into what we are not ready for. Because it should bring out something that is... Uh, like It comes with commitment. It comes with lots of obedience. It comes with a lot of sacrifices, as I have mentioned. Let me, let me show you something in the book of Psalms. Uh, as far as okay let me just i'm biased a bit using the uh, the singing group but uh okay i'm pegging out the main point but uh don't you worry let's just uh uh, use something let me read something from the book of psalms 14 and verse uh let's read uh psalms chapter 40 and something that I just need to bring to us that it's very important and uh, it will really help us understand this topic uh, uh, in depth. Uh, let me uh, let me read uh, Psalms 40. Let me just read from verse 1 but I want to emphasize on uh, uh, verse Verse three, the Bible says, "I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to He turned to me, and heard my cry. He lifted me out of His slimy pit, out of the mud and near. He set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. To our God, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord." Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false God. There is that portion where he said, he says, verse 3, he, he puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. We'll see. When people sing, we don't see. We hear. We are supposed to hear people singing, but here there is something that the Bible is bringing out. Like we shall see. Like when, uh, like when I sing and then say, "Can you see me singing?" It it sounds weird, but the point here is, we are supposed to sh- showcase 
by our lifestyle how genuine and real we are in the song we are singing like when we are talking about joy there is joy in the lord does our life demonstrate the joy of lord even as we sing those those lyrics my main point here is let's be real so that it brings out the quality of it it pleases god if you are real in the bible uh, god himself has given testimony of some characters in the bible like god has pointed them out on some some qualities they these people have and one of the people that i want just to to shove uh, because he speaks a lot to this topic is david david is a man that god himself testified that he's a man after his own heart what were the qualities of david that made him uh, that made him to to be like he was he was noticed by god david was so real david was so real and whenever he could do something he could admit without hiding that god i have done you wrong forgive me and i believe this is my personal opinion and i believe these are the things that made god even to point him out and you know uh, psalms 51 you know it was it is a whole it is a whole session of david repenting after he had messed up with Bathsheba the wife of Uriah and we saw how he could mention the things that he had done point blank in black and white he was so real and i believe that is what god uh, it 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 made god to to have uh, those words uh, over him and another instance we see in the book of 1 Samuel 23 uh, 23 from verse 1 to 4 and we see also 1 Samuel chapter 30 we see David when something could happen yes he was a warrior from youth he he had an army behind him but he never trusted in in them but he used to inquire of the Lord he was so real that he knew that he was unable without God he did it with like it was it was nothing fact it was so real and i believe that is what pleased god another instance when he was young very young when he killed goliath if you read in first uh, samuel uh, chapter 17 verse 45 we see how he was calling out this goliath of gath and telling him you're coming to me with a spear and javelin but i'm coming to you in the name of the lord the lord who saved me from the uh, from the lion and the bear he depended on god he was so real that he knew that even if he has struck the lions and the bear he still needed god like everything did not like he didn't take it all he was not proud but he was humble does that ring that does that rings bell in our mind in our head on how we should be real for us to for our worship to be of quality before the lord in in our daily life how we interact in what we do most of us we have confused or rather we have missed out on the point because we think 
being religious attending churches being in singing group uh, doing stuffs in church we say that now that i'm doing this i believe i'm pleasing god it's not bad but where is our heart because that is where god looks he doesn't look at our activity <laughs> there is another instance in Luke chapter 10 and verse uh, 38 and 39 uh, 38 to 41 this is an instance where Jesus uh, in his ministry he visited a village where Mary and Martha were living and so when Jesus decided to to pay a visit a courtesy call to their home and so uh, one of them was distracted uh, one of them was um, distracted disrupted by so many activities he was here and there but one of them sat at the feet of Jesus and listened to him and when the other one complained to Jesus Jesus why are you letting uh, uh, her to to just not to help me but Jesus said he has she has chosen the right thing just sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him some of us we are disrupted by so many things in the name of we are serving god or we are doing things that god loves but only to find that they, in them there is emptiness there is lots of emptiness tons and tons of emptiness because our hearts are far away from him when our activities pretends to be inclinings towards him and so we need to to know exactly where God looks at and we prepare it for him for the glory and honor of his name this is this is very reflective and evocative that we need to look at our life because when God looks he tests the motive of let me let me read a verse in Psalms uh, Psalms 33 and verse 15 and uh, let me read uh, 15 and 16 let me start from verse 14 that is Psalms 33 the bible says from his dwelling place he watches all who lives on earth he who forms the heart of all who consider everything they do no king is saved by the size of many army but warriors gave verse 15 is what i want to emphasize he who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do i want us to look at god as an auditor uh when i mention the word auditor it's not something new to us and uh in the auditing uh, let me just say something about uh, uh uh the quality of an or what an auditor is supposed to do athlete auditor before now we use it as a metaphor uh, an auditor should be very independent another thing is an auditor should be impartial and another thing an auditor should be objective there should there should be no biasness there should be no influence from any other source but should be very independent impartial and objective and that is who god is god is our auditor and so he like when you took uh, when, uh, let's look at uh, what an auditor does uh, for uh, uh, speaking to my audience who are in Kenya a while ago uh, after uh, we 
we uh, we moved into devolved government we saw the auditor general who went to every county to get to do the auditing and when an auditor comes he expects to look at everything and ask any question and to know everything without being hidden so that the report uh, so that the report should be uh, should be uh, very clean and of help that is what god does to us when he he comes to us we need to be so open to him for auditing nothing nothing shall be hidden from him macu what can we hide from god because he is everywhere and he sees everything so if we hide anything from him we are just fooling ourselves because nothing is hidden from him so the reality is its quality how real we are before the lord the Uh, determines the quality of our relationship with him may god help us may god lead us and may he make us to to be so real even as we live this life uh, with uttermost godliness thank you for listening to this podcast i believe you you've gotten something uh, that was worth your time and may god bless you see you in the next episode thank you I'm convinced this finds you well. I take this opportunity to welcome to yet another sharing. This is episode 9 of season 1 under the main theme of life and godliness. I'm really excited to have you uh, to have you as my audience as we take this uh, space and share so that we as we live this life under the sun uh, we live it with uttermost godliness. In our last episode that was episode 8 just to do a recap uh we talked about uh, reality is its quality and we really build on our worship to god we should be very real to god uh, so that uh, we uh, we we have a quality worship to him today i'm super excited to to be here again to share with us another thing uh before we go into that uh, have you uh, i've never been i've never been in an army I've never been involved in anything uh, the soldiers do to prepare for war. But one thing that I know is uh, before they go to war, they have strategy. Strategy, yes. So they need to know who they are fighting, the strength of their enemy, so that when they assemble the arsenal and the weaponry to fight they exactly know who they are fighting and how to position themselves that's very key and so this will lead them to research and even to send spies to know to know uh, who are these enemy that we are yet to launch a fight with them and what do they have do they have sophisticated weapons that we don't have so that we know how to fight them back if not Let's, if not if we find that the enemies are overwhelming we can go for peace yes and even in the bible we've seen uh, uh, this strategy being used here and there i may not exhaust all the examples in the bible uh, but just to mention uh, before, in the book of joshua 
should be uh, should be around uh, chapter 6 or 7 you can uh, you can go and look for that you see when uh, before uh, Joshua and the army and the whole of uh, the Israel, children of Israel uh, before they went to Jericho uh, before they went and did the walls of Jericho, uh, they went around the wall of Jericho, and it came down tumbling. They sent spies, who they went into the house of one one harlot, and so they went to know uh, how is the thing, how is the how is the environment there. So we see this thing; it's from all age. It's from then. Yeah, even uh, when uh, still uh, in the book of Numbers, we saw even. Uh, um, Joshua, who uh, who uh, led the team, who uh, led the team that went to the promised land to spy, uh, who they were sent by Moses. So you see, this is a strategy. For it's a good strategy uh, for for victory. Should there be any? Uh, for the for those who love football, for the fan of football in the house, yeah. Uh, before. Before, like for uh, for a coach, we've seen uh, teams for teams to for football teams to be uh, to to be tactic, or rather to be uh, a good team to win many matches. We see before their matches, we see them researching on the team that they are yet to to to, uh, to play with. You see, they, they they go and watch their previous matches, their pattern, their playing pattern, and how do they score? Where is their strength? Like, how is their defense force? How is their midfield midfielders? How are, how are the midfielders? How are they, how is the striking force? Like, who do they rely mostly? Who's the best player in the, this team? And then they know how to play against them. That said. It brings us to our topic today. Today we want us to, to look, rather, to share about our adversary, the devil. How did that sound to you? Today we are going to share about our adversary, the devil, the Satan. We want to talk about the Satan. Why the Satan? Satan is the enemy of God and men. And so we need to know him so that we don't miss out on godliness. The Bible says uh, there is a place where Paul in the in the, in the book of uh, uh, in the book of Second Corinthians in the book of Second Corinthians we just want to get that one right away. Uh, uh, in the book of Second Corinthians uh, uh, chapter two verse twelve. Let me read from verse 10, and then we are emphasizing on verse 11. We are reading 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10, but we want to read verse 11. Verse 11 is where we want to put a hard look on. Verse 10, the Bible says, um, I'm using an IV. Um, if, you for, if you forgive anyone, I also forgive you. And what have I forgiven if there was anything to forgive? I have I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Verse 11, I, reiterate, I repeat it again. In order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. So here, the context there, 
Paul was saying that we should we are not unaware of his schemes. So the question is, is it true that we we are aware of the Satan's schemes? That is the main reason why we want to share this podcast today. So that we may not be unaware of his schemes. And so in this sharing, this is how this is the approach that you're going to use. We want to know his character, purpose, nature of of his temptation and christian provisions against him that is the scripture we are going to use uh, we are going to tour the bible just to bring things together to speak into what i've just said his character his purpose nature of his temptation and christian provision against him i don't want to be very technical but just to mention uh, for them who have done theology there is what we call a systematic theology Systematic theology is whereby you have a topic about something and you you affirm into that topic or rather you 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 uh, you bring fact for that topic from the Bible. Like where does where like if we right now we are saying we want to talk about the adversary, the devil. Where in the Bible talks about him? So we do a tour in the Bible to know who this person is. If I may use the technical words that is used under theology, there is a term called um, angelology, the study of angels. Under the study of under angelology, where is the study of angels? We have another subtopic called satanology, the study of Satan, because Satan was an angel. He's a fallen angel. So. The, under the systematic theology, there is that part where uh, uh, the theologian study about him and what he like, who is he? Uh, so um, just uh, I've just I've just made you know that Saturn was an angel. We'll we'll look into that as we even uh, go uh, deep into this topic. So our topic today is our adversary, the devil. And so just to start us off. I want us to start by, we want to to, to make a, a a tour, and I welcome you on board. Put on some glasses, some some magnifying glasses, so that we may look keen into the scriptures. I want you to put on your cap. I want you to to jump on board, and uh, uh, and and join me in this journey. Uh, join me in this journey, uh, uh, anthropological journey to know uh, this enemy of ours the devil so uh just uh just to start us off i want us to look both old and new testament uh the uh, uh the existence of his power uh we want us to do a quick tour both new and old testament just to know his power his existence in that is instantaneous those instances that we can see how what he did just to help us know his character his purpose nature of temptation and uh, how christian those who are in those instances how did they react towards towards that and i believe that will help us uh, have a great grasp of who this enemy is so in the Old Testament, just to start us off, we see that Satan uh, he seduced Eve. You know, uh, 
uh, the the story of the fall uh, the, uh, the, um, the fall of man <laughs> for those uh, who went through high school and they did CRE there is a whole attention in the curriculum about the fall the uh, the fall of man the fall of man that is in form one in CRE uh, so we want to look at how the, the, the what was the role what was the character of Satan that made man fall and we see in Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to 6 I will not we will we will the approach to this uh, before we continue let me just make this disclaimer uh, we are not doing expository but we are just highlighting so that I provoke you to go and and and, and uh, do some expository uh, reading and research and just get a, a tight grasp of uh, what we are sharing here. So I'm just uh, provoking us into this thing. So we may not do a deep uh, expository, uh, doing some deep uh, background. Uh, such and everything but we I'm just highlighting the word is highlighting and so it will help you go in uh, and go deep into these highlights that I'm giving so uh, in the Old Testament we want to as I said we want to look at his existence and power we are starting the Old Testament and we see him in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 and uh, he seduced Eve we see the devil seducing Eve and how do, how does the Bible how does the Bible describe him in this instance like what are the words that were used to describe him in this instance so that we even as we we want to know uh, his character purpose and the nature of the temptation and how Christian uh, can the Christian provision against him so here the Bible's verse that is Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 the, uh, using NIV it starts by saying now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animal the Lord God had made so we see here the description he's been the word is serpent and uh, the description is he's crafty he's crafty he's in form of a serpent and he's crafty and what did he do here yes he seduced Eve how did he do that in his craftiness he made god to appear as if he's a liar how do we know that because in verse after after the, this is a conversation with a woman and the bible says he said to the woman did god really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden you see his craftiness he creates doubt in you about god he creates doubt you see even that question did you uh it says he said to the woman did god really you see how sarcastic he is did god really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden and we see him verse 4 make us to know that he made god appear as a liar verse 4 the bible says you will not surely die because god had already said you will surely die in chapter 2 verse 17 uh, we see when God was giving instruction to Adam, we see verse 17 uh, of chapter 2, he says, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of God of good and evil. For when you eat 
eat you will surely die so one of the car- one of the strategies of purpose of the devil he makes god appear a liar so that he brings us away like he pulls us from him because he knows he can't manipulate us when we are we are close to god yes i believe that point you you've noted that point so he seduced eve that is one instance that we are looking another instance he accused and attacked job he accused and attacked job uh, and uh, this one is evident in the book of job and we see i'll just paraphrase uh, here this instance and we see pe- uh, people of god presented themselves before god and uh, we see satan was among them and he was asked by god where are you from and he said i'm from here f- um, from walking back and forth in the the earth and then there was a conversation about did you consider my servant job and we see him talking about uh, god like good things had been already spoken about job and we see here satan say uh, accusing and attacking job so he's an accuser and an attacker for them that are of god yes that's another instance he accused and attacked job let's go to another instance in the old testament he provoked david to do censors which was not what which was he was not supposed to do if you read in first chronicle chapter 21 from verse 1 all the way from verse 1 we see here david was deceived by satan and he called for people to be numbered which was not god's plan and we see the people of israel suffering because of this decision that david made out of deception from satan and we saw how god's wrath was over the people of Israel and we see David repenting because of what he did you read the whole chapter and you'll be able to grasp this one because you saw how people suffered and this and 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 David was very remorseful yes that's another a thing we need to note about Satan let's uh, shift gears and uh, there are other instances i i i don't have um i don't claim authority that i know everything about this one as i said earlier i'm just provoking you into this and uh, there are other instances that i might have left in my sharing so you can check and uh, build up on that one let's shift gears and go to new testament and see uh, how the new te- how uh, his his existence and what he did in the new testament to uh, different character in the bible in the new testament he tempted christ in the wilderness that is in matthew 4 uh matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 11 and luke chapter 4 uh, verse 1 to 14 and uh, this year we see how he was very strategic in tempting jesus in fact he used he used the situation jesus was in to tempt him he knew that jesus had been fasting and praying so he was weak in flesh that's why he say if you are a child of god change this stone into bread because he knew he was his flesh was weak because of uh, because of hunger so that is one of the purpose you see how his strategies yes i'm just trying to to make you uh, follow follow the, the the order that i gave we want to see his character his purpose 
and nature of his temptation and uh, uh, Christian prov- provision against him in the Bible. So we see how he was very strategic to deceive or rather to tempt Jesus. And we see also he's knowledgeable. He's not ignorant of the scriptures. He knows the scriptures. And in fact, when he took Jesus to the high place and he told him to jump down, and he used a scripture there. He said that uh, it's written that the angels will be sent to come and hold you that you may not that you may not hurt your your foot on like you may not hurt your foot so he's even knowledgeable of the scriptures he knows the scriptures and so that's very important to know about him and uh and uh the, and in fact Satan quoted uh, Psalms 91 verse 11 and 12 when he was he asked Jesus to jump and he used the scriptures that is Psalms 91 verse 11 and 12 so another thing to know about him that he we we know that we should know that Satan knows the scriptures he knows the scriptures he was an angel we are yet just we will see look something uh, we'll just uh, look something about that uh, and how what happened to him so we see um uh he tempted Christ uh he's he tempted Christ that is the the first point we in the New Testament uh, uh, to look at instances that certain uh, 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 his existence was 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 evident so he tempted Christ number two he sifted Peter he sifted Peter that is in Luke 22:31 we see how uh, Jesus said you have been sifted like wheat that is what he does to us he sifted Peter uh, another instance that he caused Judas to betray Christ it was ill plan of Satan for Judas to betray Christ this was for the fulfillment of scriptures but it was orchestrated by the Satan yeah we how did we know that this one was was done so that the scriptures should be fulfilled in John 17 uh, verse 11 and 12 verse 12 we see Jesus saying that uh, one one got lost so that the scriptures should be fulfilled but the Satan uh, played a uh, role in it uh, as the scripture says in uh, John uh, John 13 22 uh, John 13 2 we see uh, Satan playing part in making Judas betray so there is something to note there about Satan. Another instance is he provoked Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Spirit. That is in Acts chapter 5. He provoked Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Spirit. And we see Peter saying, why have you allowed Satan to deceive you? So we see uh, his work there. Another instance is he he buffered I'm a perfected or he was a stumbling block to Paul in 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7 we see this uh, Paul saying uh, talking about the, uh, the, the 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 thorn in the flesh and how the Satan uh, was evident to make his to, to be a barricade in his work so that's another instance that we see Satan uh, playing part how just to see his existence and his power trying to manipulate the work of God so uh which books in the Bible that talks uh, about his origin 
and who he is a little more yeah there are two books in the bible that has talked about the origin who he was and who who he has become that is isaiah chapter 14 from verse 12 to 15, to 14 there here in isaiah 14 it is telling us he was an angel oh lucifer you fall from oh lucifer it has described him as a morning star fallen from most fallen from heaven other scripture talks uh, talks about falling from high so this it tells us that he was an angel yes and uh, here again in in isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 downward it help us know that he his character and and who he was in the sense of he was very pride proud sorry he was very proud he had pride and uh, we see him trying to compare himself he wants to be like god he wants to ascend this to the skies and be like god we see his pride evident here so satan is proud so pride is from the devil i'm saying that on with a lot on because i don't want to yeah yeah pride is not good we know all of that we know that pride pride is not good so yes we see here his character and where he's like he was an angel another book that talks a little more about him is uh, ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12 to 17 in ezekiel 28 uh, 12 to 17 here we get to know again he was an archangel he was an angel and another thing that is very important here about him is that he was wise then and he was perfectly beautiful and these are the things that satan had that he has maintained to now to in his strategies so that tells us that satan was wise it means he never lost his wisdom so he's using his wisdom to manipulate because we know he's already condemned he's already condemned and he's for he for him uh, is the like he's, he's he's already been judged so he's manipulating us to pull us away from god to suffer judgment to suffer eternal fire with him and so in his wisdom he's using it to manipulate us something that is very key to not that is scriptural his wisdom is still with him and that is using it against uh, us because he is our enemy uh, so uh, those two books those are very key books when we want to understand about him uh, Isaiah 14:12 to 14 and uh, Ezekiel 28:12 to 17 mark that one if you have a notebook you can write it down and you'll go and look at it later so uh, uh, we want us to look at uh, how the writers of the new testament knew him uh here uh um i just prepared to look at the new testament yes i know there are other examples how they even the old testament writers uh knew him but uh i am biased a bit here i want to use the new testament how the new testament's writers uh knew him and how like those instances that were written by these authors how did they knew him how did they presented saturn and we are starting with matthew matthew saw him as a tempter the seed snatcher and they saw as confusion 
I repeat that again. Matthew saw him as a tempter, seed snatcher, and uh, saw a confusion. As a tempter, that is, he tempted Christ, that is in Matthew chapter 4. As a seed snatcher, in the parable of the sower, which was explained later by Christ in Matthew chapter 13, look at verse 19 and verse 39. Like, look the whole of it, you will see uh, Jesus saying that the Satan how he snatches the seed which is the word of God from the listeners so he's a snatcher seed snatcher Mark saw him as Beelzebul Beelzebul is the prince of demons we see uh, how people confuse Jesus to Beelzebul in Mark chapter 3 verse 22 to 26 and so we see uh, the description there of the, of Satan as Beelzebul who is the prince of demons Luke saw him as a tormentor. That is in Luke chapter 9 verse 42. Another another uh, thing that Luke uh, presented to us about him is he afflicts with diseases. He afflicts with diseases. That is Luke 13. Luke 13 verse 16. We see here the, the, the uh, Jesus healing the, the boy who was possessed with the demons and we see how he was afflicted. Uh, by disease which was demonic mm, yeah demonic yeah another thing here we see is that uh, he we see that uh, certain sift believers he sift believers sift believers mm. he sift believers that is in Luke uh, 22 31 uh, we see how he what he did uh, to Peter Yes, uh, John saw him as the father of all lies and murderer. That is in John chapter 8 verse 44. We see uh, this, the whole, the, 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 the bigger part of this portion here, the context was Jesus uh, responding. There was, a, uh, there was a, a conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees and how the Pharisees, did, they didn't want to endorse him as the Messiah and how Jesus was helping them to, uh, telling them that you are from the devil, your father, a liar, because that is his native language and he's a murderer. That is what uh, John chapter 8 verse 44 uh, details. Uh, another thing is uh, how John saw him. He saw him as a prince of the world system. That is in John chapter 12 verse 31. He is the prince of the world system. Uh, another thing that John presents to us uh, is father of unbelievers. That is first John uh, chapter 3 and verse 10. He is the father of unbelievers. And the last thing that John said about him is that um, he is the world deceiver. He deceives the world. That is in uh, Revelation chapter 12 verse 9. He deceives the world. Another thing, uh, another another writer of the New Testament that helped us to know the Satan is Paul. Paul saw him as the prince of the, as the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. That is in Ephesians chapter two verse two. Is the prince of the power of the air, and then uh, God of this age. He also saw him as the God of this age. God with a small g, definitely. Uh, that is in Second Corinthians four four. Yes, Peter saw him as a roaring lion, the adversary who seeks to devour believers. He's a roaring lion, 
our uh, adversary that seeks to devour believers that is in first peter chapter 5 verse 8 james urges us to re- to resist him james urges us to resist him that is in james chapter 4 verse 7 where he say resist the devil uh, say submit to god resist the devil and he will flee from you and jude here jude gave us something something interesting he says he left his um uh, we see how he uh, jude here if you read in jude uh, verse 6 and 9 because jude has just one chapter one chapter we see him even how he fought with michael and how uh, uh, the, the archangel michael did not dare to rebuke him it tells us of how the power that satan has we see him battling with michael and and, and michael did not rebuke him and michael is an angel yes so that is uh, how the new testament writers presented him to us uh, to help us know his character uh, to know his purpose and it will also help us uh, the last bit was it will help us also to as christian uh, how to go against him because he was he's our, our adversary and how i pray that the holy spirit will quicken our hearts to know his schemes because we are not ignorant as second corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 has said so may god help us to master his schemes so that we may live a life of godliness uh yes that is what i had prepared to share with us today our adversary the devil and how i pray that god will help us live a life to please him because we are not ignorant of his schemes thank you for giving me your ears thank you for your time and i know this is very key to us as christian and i believe you'll give it a keen ear and a hard look even those scriptures that i've shared with us until next podcast god keep you safe see you bye bye greeting i'm convinced this finds you well i take this opportunity to welcome to yet another sharing this is episode 9 of season 1 under the main theme of life and godliness i'm really excited to have you uh, to have you as my audience as we take this uh, space and share so that we as we live this life under the sun uh, we live it with uttermost godliness in our last episode that was episode 8 just to do a recap uh we talked about uh, reality is its quality and we really build on our worship to god we should be very real to god uh, so that uh, we uh, we we have a quality worship to him today i'm super excited to to be here again to share with us another thing uh before we go into that uh, have you uh, i've never been i've never been in an army I've never been involved in anything uh, the soldiers do to prepare for war but one thing that I know is uh, before they go to war they have strategy strategy yes so they need to know who they are fighting the strength of their enemy so that when they assemble the arsenal and the weaponry to fight they exactly know who they are fighting and how to position themselves that's very key and so this will lead them to research and even to send spies 
to know to know uh, who are these enemy that we are yet to launch a fight with them and what do they have do they have sophisticated weapons that we don't have so that we know how to fight them back if not let's if not if we find that the enemies are overwhelming we can go for peace Yes, and even in the Bible, we've seen uh, uh, this strategy being used here and there. I may not exhaust all the examples in the Bible, uh, but just to mention, uh, before in the book of Joshua, should be should be around uh, chapter six or seven. You can uh, you can go and look for that. You see, when uh, before uh, Joshua and the army and the whole of uh, the Israel, children of Israel uh, before they went to Jericho. Uh, before they went and did the walls of Jericho, uh, they went around the wall of Jericho, and it came down tumbling. They sent spies, who they went into the house of one one harlot, and so they went to know uh, how is the thing, how is the how is the environment there. So we see this thing; it's from all age. It's from then. Yeah, even uh, when uh, still uh, in the book of Numbers, we saw even. Uh, um Joshua who uh, who uh, led the team who uh, led the team that went to the promised land to spy uh, who they were sent by Moses so you see this is a strategy for it's a good strategy uh, for for victory should there be any uh, for the for those who love football for the fan of football in the house yeah uh before before, like for uh, for a coach, we've seen uh, teams for teams to for football teams to be uh, to to be tactic, rather to be uh, a good team to win many matches. We see before their matches, we see them researching on the team that they are yet to to to, uh, to play with. You see, they, they they go and watch their previous matches, their pattern, their playing pattern, and how do they score? Where is their strength? Like, how is their defense force? How is their midfield midfielders? How are, how are the midfielders? How are they, how is the striking force? Like, who do they rely mostly? Who's the best player in the, this team? And then they know how to play against them. That said. It brings us to our topic today. Today we want us to, to look, rather, to share about our adversary, the devil. How did that sound to you? Today we are going to share about our adversary, the devil, the Satan. We want to talk about the Satan. Why the Satan? Satan is the enemy of God and men. And so we need to know him so that we don't miss out on godliness. The Bible says, uh, there is a place where Paul, in the, in the, in the book of, uh, uh, the book of Second Corinthians, in the book of Second Corinthians, you just want to get that one right away. Uh, uh, in the book of Second Corinthians, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 12. Let me read from verse 10, and then we are emphasizing on verse 11. We are reading 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10, but we want to read verse 11. Verse 11 is where we want to put a hard look on. Verse 10, the Bible says, um, I'm using NIV. Um, 
if you for, if you forgive anyone i also forgive you and what have i forgiven if there was anything to forgive i have i have forgiven in the sight of christ for your sake in order that satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes verse 11 i repeat it again in order that satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes so here the context there paul was saying that we should we are not unaware of his schemes so the question is is it true that we we are aware of the satan schemes that's the main reason why we want to share this podcast today so that we may not be unaware of his schemes and so in this sharing this is how this is the approach that you're going to use we want to know his character purpose nature of of his temptation and christian provisions against him that is the scripture we are going to use uh, we are going to tour the bible just to bring things together to speak into what i've just said his character his purpose nature of his temptation and christian provision against him i don't want to be very technical but just to mention uh, for them who have done theology there is what we call a systematic theology systematic theology is whereby you have a topic about something and you you affirm into that topic or rather you 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 uh, you bring fact for that topic from the bible like where does where like if we right now we are saying we want to talk about the adversary the devil where in the bible talks about him so we do a tour in the bible to know who this person is if i may use the technical words that is used under theology there is a term called um angeology the study of angels under the study of under angeology where is the study of angels we have another subtopic called satanology the study of satan because satan was an angel he's a fallen angel so the under the systematic theology there is that part where uh, uh the theologian study about him and what he like who is he uh, so um just uh, i've just i've just um, made you know that saturn was an angel we'll we'll look into that as we even uh, go uh, deep into this topic so our topic today is our adversary the devil and so just to start us off i want us to start by we want to 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 make a a, a tour and i welcome you on board put on some glasses some some magnifying glasses so that we may look keen into the scriptures i want you to put on your cap i want you to to jump on board and uh, uh, and and join me in this journey uh, join me in this journey uh, uh, anthropological journey to know uh, this enemy of ours the devil so uh, just uh, just to start us off i want us to look both old and new testament uh, the uh, uh, the existence of his power uh, we want us to do a quick tour both new and old testament just to know his power his existence in that is 
instantaneous those instances that we can see how what he did just to help us know his character his purpose nature of temptation and uh, how christian those who are in those instances how did they react towards towards that and i believe that will help us uh, have a great grasp of who this enemy is so in the old testament just to start us off we see that satan uh, he seduced eve you know uh, uh, the the story of the fall uh, the, uh, the, um, the fall of man <laughs> for those uh, who went through high school and they did CRE there is a whole attention in the curriculum about the fall the uh, the fall of man the fall of man that is in form 1 in CRE uh, so we want to look at how the, the, the what was the role what was the character of Satan that made man fall and we see in Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to 6 I will not we will we will the approach to this uh, before we continue let me just make this disclaimer uh, we are not doing expository but we are just highlighting so that I provoke you to go and and and, and uh, do some expository uh, reading and research and just get a, a tight grasp of uh, what we are sharing here so I'm just Uh, provoking us into this thing so we may not do a deep uh, expository uh, doing some deep uh, background uh, search and everything but we I'm just highlighting the word is highlighting and so it will help you go in uh, and go deep into these highlights that I'm giving so uh, in the old testament we want to as i said we want to look at his existence and power we are starting the old testament and we see him in genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 and uh, he seduced eve we see the devil seducing eve and how do, how does the bible how does the bible describe him in this instance like what are the words that were used to describe him in this instance so that we even as we we want to know uh, his character purpose and the nature of the temptation and how christian uh, can the christian provision against him so here the bible verse that is genesis chapter 3 verse 1 uh, using niv it starts by saying now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animal the lord god had made so we see here the description he's been the word is serpent and uh, the description is he's crafty he's crafty he's in form of a serpent and he's crafty and what did he do here yes he seduced eve how did he do that in his craftiness he made god to appear as if he's a liar how do we know that because in verse after after the, this is a conversation with a woman and the bible says he said to the woman did god really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden you see his craftiness he creates doubt in you about god he creates doubt you see even that question did you uh, it says he said to the woman did god really you see how sarcastic he is 
did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? And we see him, verse 4, make us to know that he made God appear as a liar. Verse 4, the Bible says, you will not surely die. Because God had already said you will surely die. In chapter 2, verse 17, uh, we see when God was giving instruction to Adam, we see verse 17 uh, of chapter 2, he says, But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of God of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will surely die. So one of the car- one of the strategies of purpose of the devil, he makes God appear a liar so that he brings us away, like he pulls us from him because he knows he can't manipulate us when we are, we are close to God. Yes, I believe that point you you've noted that point. So he seduced Eve. That is one instance that we are looking. Another instance he accused and attacked Job. He accused and attacked Job. Uh, and uh, this one is evident in the book of Job. And we see, I'll just paraphrase uh, here this instance and we see people, uh, people of God presented themselves before God and uh, we see Satan was among them and he was asked by God where are you from and he said I'm from here um, from walking back and forth in the, the earth and then there was a conversation about did you consider my servant job and we see him talking about uh, God like good things had been already spoken about job and we see here Satan say uh, accusing and attacking job so he's an accuser and an attacker for them that are of God. Yes, that's another instance. He accused and attacked Job. Let's go to another instance in the Old Testament. He provoked David to do census, which was not what which was he was not supposed to do. If you read in First Chronicle chapter twenty-one. From verse 1, all the way from verse 1, we see here David was deceived by Saturn and he called for people to be numbered, which was not God's plan. And we see the people of Israel suffering because of this decision that David made out of deception from Saturn. And we saw how God's wrath was over the people of Israel and we see David repenting because of what he did you read the whole chapter and you'll be able to grasp this one because you saw how people suffered and this and and, and David was very remorseful yes that's another a thing we need to note about Saturn let's uh, shift gears and uh, there are other instances I I I don't have um, I don't claim authority that I know everything about this one. As I said earlier, I'm just provoking you into this. Uh, there are other instances that I might have left in my sharing, so you can check and uh, build up on that one. Let's shift gears and go to New Testament and see uh, how the new te- how uh, his his existence and what he did in the New Testament to a different character in the bible in the new testament he tempted christ in the wilderness that is in matthew 4 uh matthew chapter 4 verse 1 to 11 and luke chapter 4 uh, verse 1 to 14 and uh, this year we see how he was very strategic in tempting jesus in fact he used 
he used the situation Jesus was in to tempt him. He knew that Jesus had been fasting and praying, so he was weak in flesh. That's why he say, if you are a child of God, change this stone into bread. Because he knew he was his flesh was weak because of uh, because of hunger. So that is one of the purpose. You see how his strategies? Yes, I'm just trying to to make you uh, follow follow the, the the order that I gave. We want to see his character, his purpose, and uh, nature of his temptation and uh, uh, Christian prov- provision against him in the Bible. So we see how he was very strategic to deceive, or rather, to tempt Jesus. And we see also he is knowledgeable. He is not ignorant of the scriptures. He knows the scriptures. And in fact, when he took Jesus to the high place and he told him to jump down, and he used a scripture there, he said that uh, it's written that the angels will be sent to come and hold you that you may not that you may not hurt your, your foot on like you may not hurt your foot. So he's even knowledgeable of the scriptures. He knows the scriptures, and so that's very important to know about him. And uh, and uh, the, and in fact, Satan quoted uh, Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12, when he was he asked Jesus to jump, and he used the scriptures. That is Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. So another thing to know about him that he we we know that we should know that Satan knows the scriptures. He knows the scriptures. He was an angel. We are yet just. We will see. Look something. Uh, we'll just uh, look something about that uh, and how what happened to him. So we see um, uh, he tempted Christ. Uh, he's he tempted Christ. That is the the first point we in the New Testament uh, uh, to look at instances that certain uh, uh, his existence was 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 evident so he tempted christ number two he sifted peter he sifted peter that is in luke 22:31. we see how uh jesus said you have been sifted like wheat that is what he does to us he sifted peter uh another instance that he caused judas to betray christ it was ill plan of satan for judas to betray christ this was for the fulfillment of scriptures, but it was orchestrated by the Saturn. Yeah, we. How did we know that this one was was done so that the scriptures should be fulfilled in John 17, uh, verse 11 and 12. Verse 12, we see Jesus saying that uh, one one got lost so that the scriptures should be fulfilled, but the Saturn uh, played a uh, role in it, uh, as the scripture says in. John, uh, John thirteen twenty two, uh, John thirteen two, we see uh, Satan playing part in making Judas betray. So there is something to note there about Satan. Another instance is he provoked Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Spirit. That is in Acts chapter five. He provoked Ananias and Sapphira to lie to the Holy Spirit, and we see Peter saying, "Why have you allowed Satan?" To deceive you so we see uh, his work there another instance is he he buffered I'm a perfected or he was a stumbling block to Paul 
in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we see this uh, Paul saying, uh, talking about the, uh, the 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 thorn in the flesh and how the Satan uh, was evident to make his to, to be a barricade in his work. So that's another instance that we see Satan uh, playing part. How just to see his existence and his power trying to manipulate the work of God. So, uh, which books in the Bible that talks uh, about his origin and who he is a little more? Yeah, there are two books in the Bible that has talked uh, about the origin, who he was, and who who he has become. That is Isaiah chapter 14 from verse 12 to 14 there. Here in Isaiah 14, it is telling us he was an angel. Oh Lucifer, you fall from. Oh Lucifer, it was describing him as a morning star, fallen from most, fallen from heaven. Other scripture talks uh, talks about falling from high. So this it tells us that he was an angel. Yes, and uh, here again in in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 downward. It helps us know that he, his character, and and who he was in the sense of he was very pride, proud. Sorry, he was very proud. He had pride, and uh, we see him trying to compare himself. He wants to be like God. He wants to ascend this to the skies and be like God. We see his pride evident here. So Satan is proud. So pride is from the devil i'm saying that one with a lot on because i don't want to yeah yeah pride is not good we know all of that we know that pride pride is not good so yes we see here his character and where he's like he was an angel another book that talks a little more about him is uh, ezekiel chapter 28 verse 12 to 17 in ezekiel 28 uh, 12 to 17 here we get to know again he was an archangel he was an angel and another thing that is very important here about him is that he was wise then and he was perfectly beautiful and these are the things that satan had that he has maintained to now to in his strategies so that tells us that Saturn was wise, it means he never lost his wisdom. So he's using his wisdom to manipulate. Because we know he's already condemned. He's already condemned. And he's for, he, for him, uh, is the, like, he's, he's, he's already been judged. So he's manipulating us to pull us away from God to suffer judgment, to suffer eternal fire with him. And so in his wisdom, he's using it to manipulate us something that is very key to not that is scriptural his wisdom is still with him and that is using it against uh, us because he is our enemy uh, so uh, those two books those are very key books when we want to understand about him uh, Isaiah 14 12 to 14 and uh, Ezekiel 28 12 to 17 Mark that one. If you have a notebook, you can write it down and we'll go and look at it later. So uh, uh, we want us to look at uh, how the writers of the New Testament knew him. Uh, here, uh, um, 
I was just prepared to look at the New Testament. Yes, I know there are other examples how they, even the Old Testament writers uh, knew him. But uh, I am biased a bit here. I want to use the New Testament, how the New Testament writers uh, knew him. And how, like, those instances that were written by these authors, how did they knew him? How did they present Saturn? And we are starting with Matthew. Matthew saw him as a tempter. The seeds nature and the sower's confusion. I repeat that again. Matthew saw him as a tempter, seeds nature, and a sower confusion. As a tempter, that is, he tempted Christ, that is in Matthew chapter 4. As a seeds nature, in the parable of the sower, which was explained later by Christ in Matthew chapter 13, look at verse 19 and verse 39. Like, look the whole of it, you will see. Uh, Jesus saying that he, the Satan, how he snatches the seed, which is the word of God, from the listeners. So he's a snatcher, seed snatcher. Mark saw him as Belzebul. Belzebul is the prince of demons. We see uh, how people confuse Jesus to Belzebul in Mark chapter 3, verse 22 to that 26. And so we see uh, the description there. Of, the, of Satan as Belzebul, who is the prince of demons. Luke saw him as a tormentor. That is in Luke chapter 9, verse 42. Another, another uh, thing that Luke uh, presented to us about him is he afflicts with the diseases. He afflicts with diseases. That is Luke 13. Luke 13 verse 16. We see here the, the, the uh, Jesus healing the, the boy who was possessed with the demons, and we see how he was afflicted uh, by disease which was demonic. Mm, yeah, demonic. Yeah. Another thing here we see is that uh, he. We see that uh, Satan sift believers. He sift believers. Sift believers. He sift believers. That is in Luke uh, 22, 31. Uh, we see how he, what he did uh, to Peter. Yes. Uh, John saw him as the father of all lies and murderer. That is in John chapter 8, verse 44. We see uh, this, the whole, the, 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 the bigger part of this portion here, the context was Jesus uh, responding. There was a, uh, there was a, a conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees and how the Pharisees did, they didn't want to endorse him as the Messiah and how Jesus was helping them to uh, telling them that you are from the devil your father a liar because that is his native language and he's a murderer that is what uh, the John chapter 8 verse 44 uh, details uh, another thing is uh, how John saw him he saw him as a prince of the world system that is in John chapter 12, verse 31. He is the prince of the world system. Uh, another thing that John presents to us uh, is father of unbelievers. That is First John uh, chapter 3 and verse 10. He is the father of unbelievers. And the last thing that John said about him is that um, he is the world deceiver. He deceives the world. That is in uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. He deceives the world. Another thing, uh, another another writer of the New Testament that 
helped us to know the Satan is Paul. Paul saw him as the prince of the as the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air, that is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Is the prince of the power of the air. And then uh, God of this age. He also saw him as the God of this age, God with a small G, definitely. Uh, that is in 2 Corinthians 4 4. Yes. Peter saw him as a roaring lion, the adversary who seeks to devour believers. He's a roaring lion, our uh, adversary that seeks to devour believers. That is in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. James urges us to, re- to resist him. James urged us to resist him. That is in James chapter 4, verse 7, where he says, Resist the devil, uh, he says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And Jude, here Jude gave us something something interesting. He says he left his, um, uh, we see how he, uh, Jude here, if you read in Jude uh, verse 6 and 9, because Jude has just one, one chapter, we see him even how he fought with Michael and how uh, uh, the, the archangel Michael did not dare to rebuke him. It tells us of how the power that Satan has. We see him battling with Michael and, and, and Michael did not rebuke him. And Michael is an angel. Yes, so that is uh, how the New Testament writers presented him to us, uh, to help us know his character, uh, to know his purpose. And it will also help us, uh, the last bit was, it will help us also to, as Christian, uh, how to go against him. Because he was uh, he is our, our adversary. And how I pray that the Holy Spirit will quicken our hearts to know his schemes because we are not ignorant, as Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 has said. So may God help us to master his schemes so that we may live a life of godliness. Uh, yes, that is what I had prepared to share with us today, our adversary, the devil, and how I pray that God will help us live a life to please him because we are not ignorant of his schemes. Thank you for giving me your ears. Thank you for your time. And I know this is very key to us as Christian, and I believe you will give it a keen ear and a hard look, even those scriptures that I've shared with us. Until next podcast, God keep you safe. See you. Bye-bye.